Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z Podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. We saw that our podcast was topping the charts in South Africa. So we are going to read their Wikipedia entry. Let's learn about this interesting country in the dullest way possible. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account ZZZ Media Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Music for today's episode was provided by Gaia Symphony on Apple Music. South Africa, officially the Republic of South Africa, is the southernmost country in Africa. It is bounded to the south by 2,798 kilometers, 1,739 miles of coastline that stretches along the South Atlantic and Indian Oceans to the north by the neighboring countries of Namibia, Botswana, and Zimbabwe, and to the east and northeast by Mozambique and Eswatini. It also completely enclaves the country Lesotho. It is the southernmost country on the mainland of the Old World and the second most populous country located entirely south of the equator after Tanzania. South Africa is a biodiversity hotspot with unique biomes, plant and animal life. With over 62 million people, the country is the world's 23rd most populous nation and covers an area of 1,221,037 square kilometers, 471,445 square miles. Pretoria is the administrative capital, while Cape Town, as the seat of parliament, is the legislative capital. Bloemfontein has traditionally been regarded as the judicial capital. The largest city and site of highest court is Johannesburg. About 80% of the population are black South Africans. The remaining population consists of Africa's largest communities of European, white South Africans, Asian, Indian South Africans and Chinese South Africans and multiracial, colored South Africans, ancestry. South Africa is a multi-ethnic society encompassing a wide variety of cultures, languages, and religions. Its pluralistic makeup is reflected in the Constitution's recognition of 12 official languages, the fourth highest number in the world. According to the 2011 census, the two most spoken first languages are Zulu, 22.7%, and Kosa, 16%. The two next ones are of European origin, Afrikaans, 13.5%, developed from Dutch and serves as the first language of most colored and white South Africans, English, 9.6%, reflects the legacy of British colonialism and is commonly used in public and commercial life. 
The country is one of the few in Africa never to have had a coup d'etat, and regular elections have been held for almost a century. However, the vast majority of black South Africans were not enfranchised until 1994. During the 20th century, the black majority sought to claim more rights from the dominant white minority, which played a large role in the country's recent history and politics. The National Party imposed apartheid in 1948, institutionalizing previous racial segregation. After a long and sometimes violent struggle by the African National Congress and other anti-apartheid activists both inside and outside the country, the repeal of discriminatory laws began in the mid-1980s. Since 1994, all ethnic and linguistic groups have held political representation in the country's liberal democracy, which comprises a parliamentary republic and nine provinces. South Africa is often referred to as the rainbow nation to describe the country's multicultural diversity, especially in the wake of apartheid. South Africa is a middle power in international affairs. It maintains significant regional influence and is a member of both the Commonwealth of Nations and the G20. It is a developing country, ranking 109th on the Human Development Index, the seventh highest on the continent. South Africa is the only African nation to legislate same-sex marriage. It has been classified by the World Bank as a newly industrialized country and as the third largest economy and the most industrialized, technologically advanced economy in Africa overall as well as the 39th largest economy in the world. South Africa has the most UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Africa. Since the end of apartheid, government accountability and quality of life has substantially improved. However, crime, poverty and inequality remain widespread, with about 40% of the total population being unemployed as of 2021, while some 60% of the population lived under the poverty line and a quarter under $2.15 a day. The name South Africa is derived from the country's geographic location at the southern tip of Africa. Upon formation, the country was named the Union of South Africa in English and Uni van Zuid-Africa in Dutch, reflecting its origin from the unification of four formerly separate British colonies. Since 1961, the long formal name in English has been the Republic of South Africa and Republic van Zuid-Africa in Afrikaans. Since 1994, the country has had an official name in each of its 12 official languages. Mzansi, derived from the Khoisan noun Mzansi meaning South, is a colloquial name for South Africa, while some Pan-Africanist political parties prefer the term Mzania. South Africa contains some of the oldest archaeological and human fossil sites in the world. Archaeologists have recovered extensive fossil remains from a series of caves in Gauteng province. The area, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, has been branded the Cradle of Humankind. The sites include Sturkfontein, one of the richest sites for hominin fossils in the world, as well as Swartkrans, Gondolin Cave, Kromdry, 
Cooper's Cave and Malapa. Raymond Dart identified the first hominin fossil discovered in Africa, the Tong child, found near Tong in 1924. Other hominin remains have come from the sites of Makapansget in Limpopo province, Cornelia and Floresbed in Free State province, Border Cave in KwaZulu-Natal province, Clacy's River Caves in Eastern Cape province, and Pinnacle Point, Elansfontein and Dykelder's Cave in Western Cape province. These finds suggest that various hominid species existed in South Africa from about 3 million years ago, starting with Australopithecus africanus, followed by Australopithecus sediba, Homo ergaster, Homo erectus, Homo rhodesiensis, Homo alme, Homo nality, and modern humans, Homo sapiens. Modern humans have inhabited Southern Africa for at least 170,000 years. Various researchers have located pebble tools within the Vol River Valley. Settlements of Bantu-speaking peoples, who were iron-using agriculturists and herdsmen, were present south of the Limpopo River, now the northern border with Botswana and Zimbabwe, by the 4th or 5th century CE. They displaced, conquered, and absorbed the original Khoisan, Khoikhoi and San peoples. The Banta slowly moved south. The earliest ironworks in modern-day KwaZulu-Natal province are believed to date from around 1050. The southernmost group was the Kosa people, whose language incorporates certain linguistic traits from the earlier Khoisan people. The Kosa reached the Great Fish River in today's Eastern Cape province. As they migrated, these larger Iron Age populations displaced or assimilated earlier peoples. In Pumalanga province, several stone circles have been found along with a stone arrangement that has been named Adam's Calendar, and the ruins are thought to be created by the Bakoni, a northern Sotho people. In 1487, the Portuguese explorer Bartolomeu Dias led the first European voyage to land in southern Africa. On December 4th, he landed at Walfish Bay, now known as Walvis Bay in present-day Namibia. This was south of the furthest point reached in 1485 by his predecessor, the Portuguese navigator Diogo Chao, Cape Cross, north of the bay. Dias continued down the western coast of southern Africa. After January 8, 1488, prevented by storms from proceeding along the coast, he sailed out of sight of land and passed the southernmost point of Africa without seeing it. He reached as far up the eastern coast of Africa as what he called Rio do Infante, probably the present-day Groot River, in May 1488. On his return, he saw the Cape, which he named Cabo das Tormentas, Cape of Storms. King John II renamed the point Cabo de Boa Esperanca, or Cape of Good Hope, as it led to the riches of the East Indies. Dia's feat of navigation was immortalized in Luis de Camoyange's 1572 epic poem Las Lusiadas. By the early 17th century, Portugal's maritime power was starting to decline, and English and Dutch merchants competed to oust Portugal from its lucrative monopoly on the spice trade. 
representatives of the British East India Company sporadically called at the Cape in search of provisions as early as 1601 but later came to favor Ascension Island and St. Helena as alternative ports of refuge. Dutch interest was aroused after 1647 when two employees of the Dutch East India Company were shipwrecked at the Cape for several months. The sailors were able to survive by obtaining fresh water and meat from the natives. They also sowed vegetables in the fertile soil. Upon their return to Holland, they reported favorably on the Cape's potential as a warehouse and garden for provisions to stock passing ships for long voyages. In 1652, a century and a half after the discovery of the Cape Sea Route, Jan van Riebeek established a fiddling station at the Cape of Good Hope at what would become Cape Town on behalf of the Dutch East India Company. In time, the Cape became home to a large population of Fridgeleden, also known as Fridgeburgers, lit. Free citizens, former company employees who stayed in Dutch territories overseas after serving their contracts. Dutch traders also brought thousands of enslaved people to the fledgling colony from Indonesia, Madagascar, and parts of Eastern Africa. Some of the earliest mixed-race communities in the country were formed between Fridgeburgers, enslaved people, and indigenous peoples. This led to the development of a new ethnic group, the Cape Coloreds, most of whom adopted the Dutch language and Christian faith. The eastward expansion of Dutch colonists ushered in a series of wars with the southwesterly migrating Kosa tribe, known as the Kosa Wars, as both sides competed for the pasture land near the Great Fish River, which the colonists desired for grazing cattle. Fridgeburgers who became independent farmers on the frontier were known as boars, with some adopting semi-nomadic lifestyles being denoted as trek boars. The boars formed loose militias, which they termed commandos, and forged alliances with Khoisan peoples to repel Khoisa raids. Both sides launched bloody but inconclusive offensives and sporadic violence, often accompanied by livestock theft, remained common for several decades. Great Britain occupied Cape Town between 1795 and 1803 to prevent it from falling under the control of the French First Republic, which had invaded the Low Countries. After briefly returning to Dutch rule under the Batavian Republic in 1803, the Cape was occupied again by the British in 1806. Following the end of the Napoleonic Wars, it was formally ceded to Great Britain and became an integral part of the British Empire. British emigration to South Africa began around 1818, subsequently culminating in the arrival of the 1820 settlers. The new colonists were induced to settle for a variety of reasons, namely to increase the size of the European workforce and to bolster frontier regions against Kosa incursions. In the first two decades of the 19th century, the Zulu people grew in power and expanded their territory under their leader, Shaka. Shaka's warfare indirectly led to the Mvikane crushing, in which one to two million people were killed and the inland plateau was devastated and depopulated in the early 1820s. An offshoot of the Zulu, 
the Matabili people created a larger empire that included large parts of the Highveld under their king Zalikatsi. During the early 19th century, many Dutch settlers departed from the Cape Colony where they had been subjected to British control in a series of migrant groups who came to be known as Vortrekkers, meaning pathfinders or pioneers. They migrated to the future natal, free state, and Transvaal regions. The Boers founded the Boer Republics, the South African Republic, the Natalia Republic, and the Orange Free State. The discovery of diamonds in 1867 and gold in 1884 in the interior started the mineral revolution and increased economic growth and immigration. This intensified British subjugation of the indigenous people. The struggle to control these important economic resources was a factor in relations between Europeans and the indigenous population and also between the Boers and the British. On May 16, 1876, President Thomas Francois Burgers of the South African Republic declared war against the petty people. King Sekakun managed to defeat the army on August 1, 1876. Another attack by the Leidenberg Volunteer Corps was also repulsed. On February 16, 1877, the two parties signed a peace treaty at Pachabello. The Boers' inability to subdue the petty led to the departure of burghers in favor of Paul Kruger and the British annexation of the South African Republic. In 1878 and 1879, three British attacks were successfully repelled until Garnet Wolseley defeated Sekakun in November 1879 with an army of 2,000 British soldiers, Boers, and 10,000 Swazis. The Anglo-Zulu War was fought in 1879 between the British and the Zulu Kingdom. Following Lord Carnarvon's successful introduction of Federation in Canada, it was thought that similar political effort, coupled with military campaigns, might succeed with the African kingdoms, tribal areas, and Boer republics in South Africa. In 1874, Henry Bartle Frere was sent to South Africa as the British High Commissioner to bring such plans into being. Among the obstacles were the presence of the independent states of the Boers and the Zululand Army. The Zulu nation defeated the British at the Battle of Isanwana. Eventually Zululand lost the war, resulting in the termination of the Zulu nation's independence. The Boer Republic successfully resisted British encroachments during the First Boer War, 1880-1881, using guerrilla warfare tactics, which were well suited to local conditions. The British returned with greater numbers, more experience, and new strategy in the Second Boer War, 1899-1902, and, although they suffered heavy casualties through attrition, they were ultimately successful. Over 27,000 Boer women and children died in the British concentration camps. South Africa's urban population grew rapidly from the end of the 19th century onward. After the devastation of the wars, Dutch-descended Boer farmers fled into cities from the devastated Transvaal and Orange Free State territories to become the class of the white urban poor. 
anti-British policies among white South Africans focused on independence. During the Dutch and British colonial years, racial segregation was mostly informal, though some legislation was enacted to control the settlement and movement of indigenous people, including the Native Location Act of 1879 and the system of pass laws. Eight years after the end of the Second Boer War and after four years of negotiation, the South Africa Act 1909 granted nominal independence while creating the Union of South Africa on May 31, 1910. The Union was a dominion that included the former territories of the Cape, Transvaal and Natal colonies, as well as the Orange Free State Republic. The Natives Land Act of 1913 severely restricted the ownership of land by blacks. At that stage, they controlled only 7% of the country. The amount of land reserved for indigenous peoples was later marginally increased. In 1931, the Union became fully sovereign from the United Kingdom with the passage of the Statue of Westminster, which abolished the last powers of the Parliament of the United Kingdom to legislate on the country. Only three other African countries, Liberia, Ethiopia, and Egypt, had been independent prior to that point. In 1934, the South African Party National Party merged to form the United Party, seeking reconciliation between Afrikaners and English-speaking whites. In 1939, the party split over the entry of the Union into World War II as an ally of the United Kingdom, a move which the National Party followers strongly opposed. In 1948, the National Party was elected to power. It strengthened the racial segregation begun under Dutch and British colonial rule. Taking Canada's Indian Act as a framework, the nationalist government classified all peoples into three races, whites, blacks, Indians, and colored people, people of mixed race, and developed rights and limitations for each. The white minority, less than 20%, controlled the vastly larger black majority. The legally institutionalized segregation became known as apartheid. While whites enjoyed the highest standard of living in all of Africa, comparable to first world Western nations, the black majority remained disadvantaged by almost every standard, including income, education, housing, and life expectancy. The Freedom Charter, adopted in 1955 by the Congress Alliance, demanded a non-racial society and an end to discrimination. On May 31, 1961, the country became a republic following a referendum only open to white voters, which narrowly passed. The British-dominated Natal province largely voted against the proposal. Elizabeth II lost the title Queen of South Africa, and the last Governor-General, Charles Robert Swart, became State President. As a concession to the Westminster system, the appointment of the President remained an appointment by Parliament and was virtually powerless until P. W. Botas Constitution Act of 1983, which eliminated the office of Prime Minister and instated a unique strong presidency responsible to Parliament. 
Pressured by other Commonwealth of Nations countries, South Africa withdrew from the organization in 1961 and rejoined it in 1994. Despite opposition to apartheid both within and outside the country, the government legislated for a continuation of apartheid. The security forces cracked down on internal dissent and violence became widespread, with anti-apartheid organizations such as the African National Congress, ANC, the Azanian People's Organization, and the Pan-Africanist Congress carrying out guerrilla warfare and urban sabotage. The three rival resistance movements also engaged in occasional interfactional clashes as they jockeyed for domestic influence. Apartheid became increasingly controversial, and several countries began to boycott business with the South African government because of its racial policies. These measures were later extended to international sanctions and the divestment of holdings by foreign investors. The Malabatini Declaration of Faith, signed by Mengesuthu Buthalizi and Harry Swartz in 1974, enshrined the principles of peaceful transition of power and equality for all, the first of such agreements by black and white political leaders in South Africa. Ultimately, F.W. De Klerk opened bilateral discussions with Nelson Mandela in 1993 for a transition of policies and government. In 1990, the National Party government took the first step towards dismantling discrimination when it lifted the ban on the ANC and other political organizations. It released Nelson Mandela from prison after 27 years of serving a sentence for sabotage. A negotiation process followed. With approval from the white electorate in a 1992 referendum, the government continued negotiations to end apartheid. South Africa held its first universal elections in 1994, which the ANC won by an overwhelming majority. It has been in power ever since. The country rejoined the Commonwealth of Nations and became a member of the Southern African Development Community. In post-apartheid South Africa, unemployment remained high. While many blacks have risen to middle or upper classes, the overall unemployment rate of black people worsened between 1994 and 2003 by official metrics but declined significantly using expanded definitions. Poverty among whites, which was previously rare, increased. The government struggled to achieve the monetary and fiscal discipline to ensure both redistribution of wealth and economic growth. The United Nations Human Development Index rose steadily until the mid-1990s then fell from 1995 to 2005 before recovering its 1995 peak in 2013. The fall is in large part attributable to the South African HIV-AIDS pandemic which saw South African life expectancy fall from a high point of 62 years in 1992 to a low of 53 in 2005, and the failure of the government to take steps to address the pandemic in its early years. In May 2008, riots left over 60 people dead. The Center on Housing Rights and Evictions estimated that over 100,000 people were driven from their homes. 
The targets were mainly legal and illegal migrants and refugees seeking asylum, but a third of the victims were South African citizens. In a 2006 survey, the South African Migration Project concluded that South Africans are more opposed to immigration than any other national group. The UNI Commissioner for Refugees in 2008 reported over 200,000 refugees applied for asylum in South Africa, almost four times as many as the year before. These people were mainly from Zimbabwe, though many also come from Burundi, Democratic Republic of the Congo, Rwanda, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and Somalia. Competition over jobs, business opportunities, public services and housing has led to tension between refugees and host communities. While xenophobia in South Africa is still a problem, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees in 2011 reported that recent violence had not been as widespread as initially feared. Nevertheless, as South Africa continues to grapple with racial issues, one of the proposed solutions has been to pass legislation, such as the pending hate crimes and hate speech bill, to uphold South Africa's ban on racism and commitment to equality. By 2020, numerous warnings have been issued that South Africa is heading towards failed state status with unsustainable government spending, high unemployment, high crime rates, corruption, failing government-owned enterprises and collapsing infrastructure. In 2022, the World Economic Forum said that South Africa risks state collapse and identified five major risks facing the country. The Director General of the South African Treasury, Dondo Magajane, has said that SA is showing the signs of a failing state more common in countries like Sierra Leone and Liberia. Former Minister Jay Nadeau has said that South Africa is in serious trouble and is showing signs of a failed state, with record unemployment levels and the fact that many young people will not find a job in their lifetime. A fishing group chief economist Dolly Root said the country is in deep trouble, South Africans have been getting poorer for a decade. He said he is very concerned because 32 million people get an income from the state. The state cannot afford this anymore. Neil Froman, CEO of Sabani Stillwater, said that crime is out of control, with mafia-style shakedowns for procurement contracts becoming the norm. Government leadership has created this problem and they are doing nothing. The government can't deal with it because it goes against their ideology. Professor Eddie Maloka from the Institute of Risk Management the ANC has left us in a mess. They've turned their crisis into ours. Government has collapsed in areas across the country. We are seeing inner cities collapse and degenerate. Professor David Mbarra said that South Africa is a classic case of a de facto one-party state with mismanaged institutions and endemic crime and corruption. In May 2023, the executive chairman of Signia, Magdawir Zika, said that warnings of South Africa becoming a failed state are lagging reality, we are already there. South Africa is in southernmost Africa, with a coastline that stretches more than 2,500 kilometers, 
1,553 miles and along two oceans, the South Atlantic and the Indian. At 1,219,912 square kilometers, 471,011 square miles, South Africa is the 24th largest country in the world. Excluding the Prince Edward Islands, the country lies between latitudes 22 degrees and 35 degrees south, and longitudes 16 degrees and 33 degrees east. The interior of South Africa consists of a large, in most places almost flat plateau with an altitude of between 1,000 meters, 3,300 feet, and 2,100 meters, 6,900 feet, highest in the east and sloping gently downwards towards the west and north, and slightly so to the south and southwest. This plateau is surrounded by the Great Escarpment whose eastern, and highest, stretch is known as the Drakensberg. Mafati and the Drakensberg at 3,450 meters, 11,320 feet, is the highest peak. The KwaZulu-Natal-Lesotho International border is formed by the highest portion of the Great Escarpment which reaches an altitude of over 3,000 meters, 9,800 feet. The south and southwestern parts of the plateau, at approximately 1,100 to 1,800 m above sea level, and the adjoining plain below, at approximately 700 to 800 m above sea level, see map on the right, is known as the Great Karoo, which consists of sparsely populated shrubland. To the north, the Great Karoo fades into the more arid Bushman land, which eventually becomes the Kalahari Desert in the northwest of the country. The mid-eastern and highest part of the plateau is known as the High Felt. This relatively well-watered area is home to a great proportion of the country's commercial farmlands and contains its largest conurbation, Gauteng. To the north of Highfelt, from about the 25 degrees 30 minutes south line of latitude, the plateau slopes downwards into the Bushveld, which ultimately gives way to the Limpopo River lowlands or Lowveld. The coastal belt, below the Great Escarpment, Moving clockwise from the northeast, consists of the Limpopo Lowveld, which merges into the Mpumalanga Lowveld, below the Mpumalanga Drakensberg, the eastern portion of the Great Escarpment. This is hotter, drier and less intensely cultivated than the high felt above the escarpment. The Kruger National Park, located in the provinces of Limpopo and Pumalanga in northeastern South Africa, occupies a large portion of the Lowveld covering 19,633 square kilometers, 7,580 square miles. The coastal belt below the south and southwestern stretches of the Great Escarpment contains several ranges of Cape Fold Mountains which run parallel to the coast, separating the Great Escarpment from the ocean. These parallel ranges of fold mountains are shown on the map, above left. Note the course of the Great Escarpment to the north of these mountain ranges. The land between the Altenequa and Langberg ranges to the south and the Swartberg range to the north is known as the Little Karoo, 
which consists of semi-desert shrubland similar to that of the Great Karoo, except that its northern strip along the foothills of the Swartberg Mountains has a somewhat higher rainfall and is, therefore, more cultivated than the Great Karoo. The Little Karoo is famous for its ostrich farming around Outshorn. The lowland area to the north of the Swartberg Range up to the Great Escarpment is the lowland part of the Great Karoo, which is climatically and botanically almost indistinguishable from the Karoo above the Great Escarpment. The narrow coastal strip between the Outaniqua and Langberg Ranges and the ocean has a moderately high year-round rainfall, which is known as the Garden Route. It is famous for the most extensive areas of forests in South Africa, a generally forest-poor country. In the southwest corner of the country, the Cape Peninsula forms the southernmost tip of the coastal strip which borders the Atlantic Ocean and ultimately terminates at the country's border with Namibia at the Orange River. The Cape Peninsula has a Mediterranean climate making it in its immediate surrounds the only portion of sub-Saharan Africa which receives most of its rainfall in winter. The coastal belt to the north of the Cape Peninsula is bounded on the west by the Atlantic Ocean and the first row of north-south running Cape Fold Mountains to the east. The Cape Fold Mountains peter out at about the 32 degrees south line of latitude, after which the Great Escarpment bounds the coastal plain. The most southerly portion of this coastal belt is known as the Swartland and Malmesbury Plain, which is an important wheat-growing region, relying on winter rains. The region further north is known as Namaqualand, which becomes more arid near the Orange River. The little rain that falls tends to fall in winter, which results in one of the world's most spectacular displays of flowers carpeting huge stretches of felt in spring, August, September. South Africa also has one offshore possession, the small subantarctic archipelago of the Prince Edward Islands, consisting of Marion Island, 290 square kilometers or 110 square miles, and Prince Edward Island, 45 square kilometers or 17 square miles, not to be confused with the Canadian province of the same name. South Africa has a generally temperate climate because it is surrounded by the Atlantic and Indian Oceans on three sides, because it is located in the climatically milder southern hemisphere, and because its average elevation rises steadily toward the north, toward the equator, and further inland. This very topography and oceanic influence result in a great variety of climatic zones. The climatic zones range from the extreme desert of the southern Namib in the farthest northwest to the lush subtropical climate in the east along the border with Mozambique and the Indian Ocean. Winters in South Africa occur between June and August. The extreme southwest has a climate similar to that of the Mediterranean with wet winters and hot, dry summers, hosting the famous Finbos biome of shrubland and thicket. This area produces much of the wine in South Africa and is known for its wind, which blows intermittently almost all year. The severity of this wind made passing around the Cape of Good Hope particularly treacherous for sailors, causing many shipwrecks. Further east on the south coast, rainfall is distributed more evenly throughout the year, 
producing a green landscape. The annual rainfall increases south of the Lowveld, especially near the coast, which is subtropical. The Free State is particularly flat because it lies centrally on the high plateau. North of the Vaal River, the high felt becomes better watered and does not experience subtropical extremes of heat. Johannesburg, in the center of the high felt, is at 1,740 meters, 5,709 feet above sea level and receives an annual rainfall of 760 millimeters, 29.9 in. Winters in this region are cold, although snow is rare. The coldest place on mainland South Africa is Buffelsfontein in the Eastern Cape, where a temperature of minus 20.1 degrees Celsius minus 4.2 degrees Fahrenheit was recorded in 2013. The Prince Edward Islands have colder average annual temperatures, but Buffelsfontein has colder extremes. The deep interior of mainland South Africa has the hottest temperatures, a temperature of 51.7 degrees Celsius, 125.06 degrees Fahrenheit was recorded in 1948 in the Northern Cape Kalahari near Upington, but this temperature is unofficial and was not recorded with standard equipment. The official highest temperature is 48.8 degrees Celsius, 119.84 degrees Fahrenheit at Vilesdrift in January 1993. Climate change in South Africa is leading to increased temperatures and rainfall variability. Extreme weather events are becoming more prominent. This is a critical concern for South Africans as climate change will affect the overall status and well-being of the country, for example with regards to water resources. Speedy environmental changes are resulting in clear effects on the community and environmental level in different ways and aspects, starting with air quality to temperature and weather patterns, reaching out to food security and disease burden. According to computer-generated climate modeling produced by the South African National Biodiversity Institute, parts of southern Africa will see an increase in temperature by about 1 degree Celsius, 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit along the coast to more than 4 degrees Celsius, 7.2 degrees Fahrenheit in the already hot hinterlands such as the Northern Cape in late spring and summertime by 2050. The Cape Floral region is predicted to be hit very hard by climate change. Drought, increased intensity and frequency of fire, and climbing temperatures are expected to push many rare species towards extinction. South Africa has published two national climate change reports in 2011 and 2016. South Africa contributes considerable carbon dioxide emissions, being the 14th largest emitter of carbon dioxide, primarily from its heavy reliance on coal and oil for energy production. As part of its international commitments, South Africa has pledged to peak emissions between 2020 and 2025. South Africa signed the Rio Convention on Biological Diversity on June 4, 1994 and became a party to the convention on November 2, 1995. 
It has subsequently produced a National Biodiversity Strategy and Action Plan, which was received by the Convention on June 7, 2006. The country is ranked 6th out of the world's 17 megadiverse countries. Ecotourism in South Africa has become more prevalent in recent years as a possible method of maintaining and improving biodiversity. Numerous mammals are found in the bushveld including lions, African leopards, South African cheetahs, southern white rhinos, blue wildebeest, kudus, impalas, hyenas, hippopotamuses, and South African giraffes. A significant extent of the bushveld exists in the northeast including Kruger National Park and the Sabi Sand Game Reserve, as well as in the far north in the Waterbird Biosphere. South Africa houses many endemic species, among them the critically endangered riverine rabbit, Bunologus monticularis, in the Karoo. Up to 1945, more than 4,900 species of fungi, including lichen-forming species, had been recorded. In 2006, the number of fungi in South Africa was estimated at 200,000 species but did not take into account fungi associated with insects. If correct, then the number of South African fungi dwarfs that of its plants. In at least some major South African ecosystems, an exceptionally high percentage of fungi are highly specific in terms of the plants with which they occur. The country's biodiversity strategy and action plan does not mention fungi, including lichen-forming fungi. With more than 22,000 different vascular plants, or about 9% of all the known species of plants on Earth, South Africa is particularly rich in plant diversity. The most prevalent biome is the grassland, particularly on the high felt, where the plant cover is dominated by different grasses, low shrubs, and acacia, mainly camel thorn, Vichelia areoloba. Vegetation is sparse towards the northwest because of low rainfall. There are numerous species of water-storing succulents, like aloes and euphorbias, in the very hot and dry Namaqualand area. And according to the World Wildlife Fund, South Africa is home to around a third of all succulent species. The grass and thorn savanna turns slowly into a bush savanna towards the northeast of the country with denser growth. There are significant numbers of baobab trees in this area near the northern end of Kruger National Park. The Finbos biome, which makes up the majority of the area and plant life in the Cape Floristic region, is located in a small region of the Western Cape and contains more than 9,000 of those species or three times more plant species than found in the Amazon rainforest, making it among the richest regions on Earth in terms of plant diversity. Most of the plants are evergreen hardleaf plants with fine, needle-like leaves, such as the sclerophyllous plants. Another uniquely South African flowering plant group is the genus Pertia, with around 130 different species. 
While South Africa has a great wealth of flowering plants, only 1% of the land is forest, almost exclusively in the humid coastal plain of KwaZulu-Natal, where there are also areas of Southern Africa mangroves and river mouths. Even smaller reserves of forests are out of the reach of fire, known as montane forests. Plantations of imported tree species are predominant, particularly the non-native eucalyptus and pine. South Africa has lost a large area of natural habitat in the last four decades, primarily because of overpopulation, sprawling development patterns, and deforestation during the 19th century. The country had a 2019 Forest Landscape Integrity Index mean score of 4.94-10, ranking it 112th globally out of 172 countries. South Africa is one of the worst affected countries in the world when it comes to invasion by alien species with many, e.g. Black Wattle, Port Jackson Willow, Akea, Lantana, and Jacaranda, posing a significant threat to the native biodiversity and the already scarce water resources. The original temperate forest found by the first European settlers was exploited until only small patches remained. Currently, South African hardwood trees like real yellowwood, Podocarpus latifolius, stinkwood, Ocotia bulata, and South African black ironwood, Olea capensis, are under strict government protection. Statistics from the Department of Environmental Affairs show a record 1,215 rhinos were killed in 2014. Since South Africa is home to a third of all succulent species, many endemic to the Karoo, it makes it a hotspot for plant poaching, leading to many species to be threatened with extinction. South Africa is a nation of about 62 million. As of 2022, people of diverse origins, cultures, languages, and religions. The last census was held in 2022 with estimates produced on an annual basis. According to the United Nations World Population Prospects, South Africa's total population was 55.3 million in 2015, compared to only 13.6 million in 1950. South Africa is home to an estimated 5 million illegal immigrants, including some 3 million Zimbabweans. A series of anti-immigrant riots occurred beginning in May 2008. Statistics South Africa asks people to describe themselves in the census in terms of five racial population groups. The 2022 census figures for these groups were Black African at 81.4%, Colored at 8.2%, White at 7.3%, Indian or Asian at 2.7%, and other slash unspecified at 0.5%. The first census in 1911 showed that whites made up 22% of the population. This had declined to 16% by 1980. South Africa hosts a sizable refugee and asylum seeker population. According to the World Refugee Survey 2008, published by the U.S. Committee for Refugees and Immigrants, this population numbered approximately 144,700 in 2007.
Groups of refugees and asylum seekers numbering over 10,000 included people from Zimbabwe, 48,400, the DRC, 24,800, and Somalia, 12,900. These populations mainly lived in Johannesburg, Pretoria, Durban, Cape Town, and Port Elizabeth.